Section fifty eight of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter eighty nine. London, November fourteenth, Old Style, seventeen forty nine. Dear boy, there is a natural good breeding which occurs to every man of common sense, and is practised by every man of common good nature. This good breeding is general independent of modes, and consists in endeavours to please and oblige our fellow-creatures by all good offices, short of moral duties. This will be practised by a good-natured American savage, as essentially as by the best-bred European. But then I do not take it to extend to the sacrifice of our own conveniences, for the sake of other people's. Utility introduced this sort of good-breeding as it introduced commerce, and established a truck of the little agrement and pleasures of life. I sacrifice such a conveniency to you, you sacrifice another to me. This commerce circulates, and every individual finds his account in it upon the whole. The third sort of good breeding is local, and is variously modified, in not only different countries, but in different towns of the same country. But it must be founded upon the two former sorts. They are the matter to which, in this case, fashion and custom only give the different shapes and impressions. Whoever has the first two sorts will easily acquire this third sort of good breeding, which depends singly upon attention and observation. It is properly the polish, the luster, the last finishing stroke of good breeding. It is to be found only in capitals, and even there it varies, the good breeding of Rome differing in some things from that of Paris, that of Paris in others from that of Madrid and that of Madrid in many things from that of London. A man of sense, therefore, carefully attends to the local manners of the respective places where he is, and takes for his models those persons whom he observes to be at the head of fashion and good breeding. He watches how they address themselves to their superiors, how they accost their equals, and how they treat their inferiors, and lets none of those little niceties escape him which are to good breeding what the last delicate and masterly touches are to a good picture and of which the vulgar have no notion, but by which good judges distinguish the master. He attends even to their air, dress, and motions, and imitates them, liberally, and not servilely. He copies, but does not mimic. These personal graces are of very great consequence. They anticipate the sentiments, before merit can engage the understanding. They captivate the heart, and give rise, I believe, to the extravagant notions of charms and filters. Their effects were so surprising that they were reckoned supernatural. The most graceful and best-bred men, and the handsomest and genteelest women, give the most filters, and, as I verily believe, without the least assistance of the devil. Pray be not only well-dressed, but shining in your dress. Let it have du brillant. I do not mean by a clumsy load of gold and silver, but by the taste and fashion of it. The women like and require it, they think it an attention due them. But on the other hand, if your motions and carriage are not graceful, genteel, and natural, your fine clothes will only display your awkwardness the more. But I am unwilling to suppose you still awkward, for surely by this time you must have catched a good air in good company. When you went from hence you were naturally awkward, but your awkwardness was adventitious and west monasterial. Leipzig, I apprehend, is not the seat of the graces, and I presume you acquired none there. But now, if you will be pleased to observe what people of the first fashion do with their arms and legs, heads and bodies, you will reduce yours to certain decent laws of motion. You danced pretty well here, 
and ought to dance very well before you come home. For what one is obliged to do sometimes, one ought to be able to do well. Besides, la belle danse donne un brillant à un jeune homme, and you should endeavour to shine. A calm serenity, negative merit and graces, do not become your age. You should be alert, adroit, vive, be wanted, talked of, impatiently expected, and unwillingly parted with in company. I should be glad to hear half a dozen women of fashion say, Où est donc le petit Stanhope? Du ne vient-il? Il faut avouer qu'il est amiable. All this I do not mean singly with regard to women as the principal object, but with regard to men, and with a view of your making yourself considerable. For with very small variations, the same things that please women please men, and a man whose manners are softened and polished by women of fashion, and who is formed by them to an habitual attention and complacence, will please, engage, and connect men, much easier and more than he would otherwise. You must be sensible that you cannot rise in the world, without forming connections, and engaging different characters to conspire in your point. You must make them your dependents without their knowing it, and dictate to them while you seem to be directed by them. Those necessary connections can never be formed, or preserved, but by an uninterrupted series of complacence, attentions, politeness, and some constraints. You must engage their hearts, if you would have their support. You must watch the molia tempora, and captivate them by the agrement and charms of conversation. People will not be called out to your service, only when you want them, and if you expect to receive strength from them, they must receive either pleasure or advantage from you. I received in this instant a letter from Mr. Hart of the second new style, which I will answer soon. In the meantime, return him my thanks for it, through you. The constant good accounts which he gives me of you will make me suspect him of partiality, and think him le médecin tant mieux. Consider, therefore, what weight any future disposition of his against you must necessarily have with me. As in that case he will be a very unwilling, he must consequently be a very important witness. Adieu. End of section 58. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.